RadioInfluence.com. This week on Crush Performance, we are celebrating the Midsummer Classic as the Major League Baseball All-Star Game gets underway. Today, we're going to look at the first half, the top stories, the top players. We're going to see how the Crush predictions have gone down so far. And we're going to talk with Will Gilmore, who is the Minor League Strength and Conditioning Coordinator for the Cincinnati Reds. It's been a historical season in more ways than one, as we also have seen the very first Major League Baseball draft combine, which is an exciting avenue for players to make their mark in the game. We're going to talk about the combine with Will. He was there. We'll talk about what it's all about and what it means in the changing landscape of baseball. And we'll wrap the show up looking at the second half, and we'll just revisit some of the crush predictions. All right, everybody. Let's get after it. Crush Performance starts right now. You're listening to Crush Performance with the crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Thanks for joining us this week. Hey, listen, if you have any questions, any comments, any smart remarks, we love them all, reach out. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is our email. That's Crush with a K, in case you were wondering. You can follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on all other social media platforms. Search out Crush Performance, and we'll hook up there for sure. All right, well, we have a new website coming, and there's a little shot of some awesome new Crush theme music we've been working on. Thanks to Noah Oleksin. He's got some really cool music out there, kind of real vibey, easy listening, just fantastic stuff. It's on every platform you can imagine. Search out Nolexin is his handle, N-O-L-E-X-Y-N. Really fantastic stuff. I have to thank Noah for all his dedication to this. Um, we're excited about this new sound, no question about it. And man, did he hit it on the screws with this theme music? Just bang on. I love it. Thanks to Noah and all his dedicated work on that. Another rising star in the music business. You know, we've been playing our good friends, Whale and the Wolf. We've got Bardic Form coming up here. Another great young band. You know, that whole music industry, talk about talent and talent development, which is what this show is all about, ultimately, you know, helping everybody get better. And the, at the root of it all is talent and talent development and music. You know, I've said this before in the show. So for all of our listeners, you know what I'm talking about for our new listeners. If you didn't know this, it's kind of fascinating to note that a lot of the research done on talent has been done on musicians and how they've uh, sort of risen to the top. Why is the first chair in your local, you know, in your local orchestra, the first uh, violin, the first chair, uh, um, uh, oboe or whatever it might be. How, what separates those top performers in music from everybody else in the music industry? What separates those top bands? It's very, very similar. Almost it's, it's identical. It's a human thing. When we look at the top performers in sport or the performing arts and acting, what's the difference between an A-list actor and a B-list actor? Maybe there's a little luck involved, but understand I don't subscribe to luck and we don't want our athletes subscribing to luck we don't want you subscribing to luck you create opportunity you create your own luck and luck honestly is the residue of really solid preparation it's the outcomes of processes because as you work through all the madness that is getting better at something opportunities come up some people call it luck i call it good solid hard work and process all right so hey thanks to noah for that cool new sound there will be a lot of that coming as we launch our new website all right today as mentioned the mlb midsummer classic i love it i honestly think that of all the major sports the major league baseball all-star game is the greatest celebration of top performers in their sport. It's just, for me, it's the best. I'd like to hear your opinion. If you disagree with me, let me know. If you agree with me, let me know. You can message me or or check out our posts uh, on Twitter, at Jeff Crush. Uh, but I honestly believe the MLB All-Star Game is the best showcase in all of sport right now. I love the Home Run Derby. 
Uh, I'm kind of disappointed that Vlad didn't participate, but I get it. I understand why. Hey, listen, uh, I was the strength coach for the Toronto Blue Jays for a good long time, uh, and I'm still pretty close to the organization. Uh, but making that decision to play in the All-Star game, it's a quite an honor. You want to be there, and if you're invited and get lucky enough to be voted in, you're going for sure. Hey, but listen, um, for the players that don't go, that time off is critically valuable. For the players that do go, hey, listen, we paid extra close attention to their recovery rates and how we introduced them into the second half. Because, you know, as fun as it is, it's a ball game and it's a, a, a home run hitting derby. There's lots of events going on. The extra travel, the extra time away uh, from, from your home, you know, families there, it's busy for the players. It really, really is busy and you have to manage it properly. But I do think that it is special. I mean, get, any all-star game or pro bowl game, you know, is important in, in any sport. But baseball is the best. The Pro Bowl and football, ah, not so much. They actually shouldn't even have it. Too, too much risk of injury there. There's risk of injury in all of them. I get it. But that one, that contact sport and football, they just shouldn't have it. Let's just honor the guys who are playing really well. The NBA, listen, it's fun to watch. The slam dunk contest and everything that goes on around the NBA one. But it's not aggressive basketball. It's a shoot fest. It's a score fest. It's fun to watch, but it's not great basketball and the NHL All-Star Game, listen, much like football, man, oh man, I'm just wondering if they should even have it just because of risk of injury right now. And, you know, when we look at the first half of Major League Baseball, the top stories for me, all right, were the injury rates. That's probably the top story for me personally in the crush world. When we look at uh, Major League Baseball, we're going to talk about that today a bit. Uh, number two, of course, the sticky stuff and the crackdown on the sticky stuff for the pitchers. Uh, there's maybe a lot more to that story than might meet the eye. And the consequences of cracking down right now is sending shockwaves through the game. And and maybe for good reason. You know, I mean, if you're getting a distinct advantage using something that's not authorized, uh, that shouldn't be uh, allowed. Uh, but that being said, cracking down hard like this and, and making quick quick decisions to enforce these rules strictly has changed the pitching landscape more than you might know, and especially for the pitchers. And it goes right hand in hand with the injury rates. And then there's lots of great stories, of course, out of the first half. I mean, if you look at the offense, it's incredible. I mean, it's still crazy. I don't know if it's great baseball yet. And that's a conversation for another day. Next week, we're going to continue to talk baseball and we're going to get into that conversation. Is the baseball we're seeing right now really, really good baseball? I think there's a lot of good things coming uh, coming around, but seven no-hitters in the first half. There has been some pitching performances that have really, really impressed. There's also been some great home runs. And of course, if you've watched sports television at all, you've seen the best plays of the first half. Just some amazing stuff going on. Baseball is such a great game. It's so different than anything else. It's a team sport. It's an individual sport. It's power. It's speed. It's strategy. It is... It is you against the ball. It's you against an opponent. And then, of course, you know, it's you against the league. And when we look at the standings, you know, uh, we talked about this after the first month or so when, you know, the races were really tight in each division. And I said, listen, by the time we get to the All-Star break, that's when I really start cracking down and looking at the standings. Maybe midway through the first half is a lot of fun to see what the trends are. And really, the only thing you could really note maybe at midway through the first half was the Baltimore Orioles were going in the wrong direction again and still really, really fast. They're 26 games back at the All-Star break. And of course, everybody knows they blew that organization up and they're rebuilding. They're one of the crushed teams to watch here and um, it's going to be a long game. So we've got our eye on them like we did with Kansas City in 2011. We watched Kansas City for five years. They were on our radar because we knew Something was cooking behind the scenes. And boy, oh boy, did they deliver in 2014 and 2015 as they made huge playoff runs. Absolutely great. They're not doing so good right now either. 18 back and at the bottom of the AL Central. Um, but when we look at the standings, you know, midway through the first half, I said, I think, quote, all will be as it should be when the dust settles. And when you look at the standings here at the half, are there really any surprises? I don't think so. I really don't. I think it's sort of going according to plan. Um, 
I, I don't notice anything that's that's out of the ordinary other than you might wish that Houston wouldn't be doing so well <laughs> simply because of the sign stealing incident. And that's a conversation that goes really, really deep. But I think uh, pleasant surprises. All right, let's talk about the good stuff. You know, Boston is on fire. Tampa Bay is right there. And I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. Kevin Cash and the guys down there, small market team, small budget team. I want them to dominate, just like we want the Oakland A's to do really well. And again, they're right there against Houston. I think the Oakland A's are leading the wild card right now. So they're in a really, really good spot heading into the second half. The New York Mets were were the crush number one team to watch this year. And they are delivering after so many years of just poor, poor performance. They have turned it around, and it's not a surprise. Listen, this is an incredible experiment in organizational performance. New ownership that actually cares and understands what's going on, and that trickles down right to the field, and the guys in the clubhouse, and the people in the ticket sales booth, and the people who are parking cars. That organization is in such a special place, and boy, boy, are they delivering. Is it sustainable? You know, at the end of the show, we'll talk about, you know, the performances and what I think they need to do for the second half. But man, oh man, have they been fun to watch. Again, the crush number one team to watch this year. Uh, so much to watch there. The Braves were also one of our teams to watch. Injuries again, uh, really got them. Miami with Kim Ng being the first female GM. You know, we've been watching the Marlins since since Jeter got involved. And we're really, really hoping they, they do well. They haven't, have a, they haven't had a great first half. Uh, but again, they're nine games back. So a good second half, anything can happen. Listen, if you're within 10 games, I feel if you're within 10 games at the All-Star break, you're in a pretty good spot in this game, right? I mean, you really are. Uh, and that whole NL East is probably uh, the the tightest division in baseball right now, but it's also the most fun to watch. You got Washington, the Braves, Philadelphia are coming on strong. Miami is still there. And the Mets, of course, leading the way. So that's my number one division to watch here after the first half. Just such great stuff going on there. Other than that, things are pretty much as scheduled. Other than the Arizona Diamondbacks, I don't think anybody could have predicted 32 games back at the All-Star break. I don't know what's going on there. I haven't really analyzed that team, but I know the guys in that organization very well. They've got great incredibly smart people in there. So we're going to watch and see how, how that comes around over the next few years. Again, that could be a really interesting one to watch because 32 games back is not acceptable in any way, shape or form. I don't care if you're rebuilding or not, but they've got some talent there. So we're going to watch them with great interest, but that NL East man, San Francisco, the Dodgers and San Diego, we've talked about that and Colorado is not a bad team either, but that battle between San Francisco, who wants to compete, the LA Dodgers, who will compete, do compete, and will continue to compete, and San Diego. Man, the build of the San Diego Padres over the last five years has been incredibly fun to watch. And they're six games back right now, but they're in the mix. And that's a fun one to watch as well, because those three teams are spending big money to compete and get to the postseason. Oh gosh, this second season, second half is, is shaping up really, really well. Hey, listen. I want to talk about all this stuff and we'll get to it in the last segment of the show. But right now we're going to cut out for a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Will Gilmore, the minor league strength and conditioning coordinator for the Cincinnati Reds. He was at the very first inaugural Major League Baseball draft combine. What does this combine mean for the baseball landscape in the ever changing baseball landscape? And what did they actually test for? We're going to find out right after this. It's an important development for the game of baseball and we're going to find out more about it right after this stick around everybody you're listening to crush performance with jeff crushell get the crush podcast newsletter and performance links at crushperformance.com now back to the show And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershell. Hey, listen, if you have any comments, if you have any questions, if you have any smart remarks, reach out to us. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is our email. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Crush. And listen, if you have a topic you'd like us to investigate or if you need some help with your program, 
uh, with your team's program, with your organizational approach. That's what we're all about. Reach out to us. If we don't have the answers, I guarantee we know somebody who does. And that's why we're here to help you guys achieve your goals, whether it's a personal goal for you, or it might be goals for your kids or your athletes, maybe your students, maybe it's your company, your team or organization. Listen, uh, the answers are out there and you just have to talk to the right people. And again, if we don't have the right answer, man, oh man, we've created such a network over the years that we're incredibly proud of just really good people who want to share their knowledge. So do reach out. All right, today, the mid-season classic, the MLB All-Star Game just went down and it is time to talk shop. We are joined now by our good friend, Will Gilmore, minor league strength and conditioning coordinator for the Cincinnati Reds. Hey, Will, welcome back to the show. So glad you could join us as we're talking mid-season baseball here. Crusher. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah. Hey, really excited to talk to you here. We're in the mid-season now, man. The All-Star break is upon us and the first half of the season's behind us. We've all been watching Major League Baseball with great interest, but there's so much more going on in the game and uh, you are right in the thick of it. Uh, Will, I wanted to talk to you about this, you know, this whole incredible um, time we've been through with covid uh, historical shutdown of sports and for minor league baseball, uh, the absence of an entire competitive season. You know, I've been talking to as many people as I possibly can in the game to see how how they're handling this return to play after missing a competitive season. Will, what a what a what an incredible, unprecedented time this is. Oh, no doubt. It's uh, like you said, it's something that's never happened before. Most of these kids um, or athletes have, have never taken this much time off of baseball, probably since they were 10 years old. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're kind of doing things uh, that no one's ever done before, and everyone's trying to figure it out differently. Yeah, yeah. And even leading up to spring training, you know, the dates and the timelines were still very uncertain right up to the 11th hour. So managing that and getting players ready, but not too ready because you don't really know what's going on. Uh, what a balancing act that was. Yeah, yeah, that was really tough. Um, we always try to, to peak guys to get ready for spring training and, and then build once we go from there. But um, like you said, with the varying dates and whatnot, um, it was up until a couple weeks before. Sometimes guys didn't know when they were going to report. Um, and so we had to be very flexible with the kinds of programs that we were giving guys to prepare. Yeah, you know, um, sport across the board, grassroots, weekend warriors, recreational athletes, everybody's getting back into it right now post-COVID. Uh, thank goodness for the vaccine and all the medical people that are are working their butts off and have worked their butts off to get every, get this vaccine out and help everybody stay safe for sure. Um, but but there's, there's going to be uh, um, a lot to watch here as we return to sport. And here's, uh, let me just share with you kind of maybe three thoughts that I have, three things that I've been looking for, and maybe we can just address them from your perspective here. One thing that I was really looking at, you know, for the players who are missing an entire season, whether it's the grassroots kids, high school kids, college kids, or our minor league pros, um, you know, one of the things I say, okay, they get a year away from a competitive schedule, which is grueling. Absolutely. Baseball for me personally is one of the most grueling uh, competitive schedules in all the sports. So I'm just, I was thinking to myself and, you know, over time, you know, talking to different people in sport, there might be an opportunity here to really, really get healthy. Number one, and two, work on things to make you uh, a better athlete and better player. So we could see number one, a massive increase in, in talent and performance and skill levels, which is exciting. Number two, um, well, I was thinking that, you know, returning to sport, is going to have to be very, very balanced because if we do too much too soon, man, there's a potential for massive, massive injuries here, right? And and then and then number three is as the seasons wear on, uh, we can't really treat this like a normal season because we've we've missed a competitive season and there's nothing like competition to get you ready for competition. So those are my three thoughts. Do, do you, what do you think about that? Just where my mind's going there. Yeah, those those three points are all spot on. Uh, I would say to your first point, um, taking that amount of time off for veteran players, it's been a godsend. Those guys needed the time off. That's why you're seeing some of these players at the big league level 
have resurgent seasons. Um, they finally got so much downtime and they're fresher than they've been in the last eight, nine, 10 years. Um, but on the other side, you have kids who maybe had just started playing competitively um, and that gave them a full year to develop, to mature. And some of these guys are coming back uh, faster, bigger, stronger. And so the, the skills have gone up just because the engines have been built up bigger. Oh, I love it. Right. Right. And then the balance of return to play now. Did I mean, I know spring training is typically a time to get ready and really polish things up for the season, but you have to come in ready, Will. And, and missing a competitive season, I've often thought, you know, you could train and like players have been saying it since baseball began, since sport began. You can practice all you want, but nothing, nothing can replace the intensity and uh, the situations of, of competitive sports. So that's another thing we've got to mix into the formula. Yeah, and, and that's really the, the X factor here. Um, you can practice all you want. You can condition and, and lift and hit in the cage and throw and do whatever you want. But as soon as you get out on the field, everything changes. Uh, the heart rate goes up just from the psychological factor of facing a new opponent. And so that's really the tough part that that we've been trying to to preach to players during this time um is that you really have to push yourself in your training because otherwise you're you're really not going to be ready to ramp it up for competition yeah so coming into spring training now will my sort of second real kind of uh concern or my thought was well we're really going to have to treat the return to play here a little bit differently and i know i think that's what's sort of happened across the board but for everybody out there who's you know, getting back into their sport. Um, you got to take this into consideration, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely have to take it into consideration. Um, just the volume of work uh, of a normal day in spring training, six hours of, of swings and ground balls and shagging. Um, guys aren't ready for that. And, and we jokingly told kids, you know, hey, if you want to go out and stand in your backyard for three hours in cleats, that might actually help you. Um, <laughs> right. As part of, we kind of say part, jokingly, but like, right. man, like you better be wearing your spikes for a month out. Um, so that at least your feet and your back are ready. Will. Oh my goodness. Hey, I'm gonna, just, uh, sorry to interrupt there, but oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, man. You know what? If there's one, that is actually a brilliant, brilliant point. Because if there's one thing that always got me at spring training my feet, man, after like day three, even the first four days of spring training, just being on your feet that long, my feet, my dogs were barking, Will. My dogs were barking. <laughs> yeah. Hey, actually, that is actually incredibly smart, Will. I mean, it, it's really one of the biggest things that you see, like week one of spring training, guys get blisters, their low back tightens up, and it's not from from hitting or fielding. It's It's really just from wearing different shoes and from standing more. Yeah. Being on your feet all day long. We're talking with Will yeah. Gilmore, minor league strength and conditioning uh, coordinator for the Cincinnati Reds. Will, that's an important toy. That's like tricks of the trade right there. And honestly, I love the fact that you were telling guys, hey, go stand in your backyard for three hours, um, you know, in your cleats. Actually, that's it's incredibly smart, right? Incredibly smart. So, so that's one of the things that, you know, I think <laughs> that you just wouldn't think about as we return to play here. I, I, I love it. And then not to mention the, the build up to spring training and then the build up to the season. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's what it is. You got to you got to look at every little aspect of it. And while standing around or, or running from right field to the dugout might not seem like a lot. Um, you do that 18 times a game. And if you're not prepared for that, that's that's going to be a lot when you head to spring training and you're doing it six days in a row from right. zero. Right. Not to mention three hours of practice in the morning, right? For crying out loud. So, right. So, yeah, no, that's a really important part. So as excited as we were about the downtime and recovery, and that's a brilliant point you made about the veteran players recovering because we're looking at some of these pitching performances this year and oh my goodness, what is going on? And as well, some of the hitters, some of the hitters and some of the plays these guys are making, it's incredible. You're right. They're fresh. They're ready to go and they're recovered, which, you know, may may get us thinking about this schedule that we're in man i mean you know one of the interesting things that happened out of the the for me out of the uh, nba bubble will 
was the feedback towards the playoffs of that year where they were everybody was locked down in Orlando. Um, the comments from the GMs, the coaches, and the players themselves about the level of play, the intensity of the games, but from the players, um, the, the the feeling of being rested, of recovery, the feeling of being um, um, at a higher level of readiness day to day. That was all telling, man. And I guess that goes to show the wear and tear of a regular season with the travel, the practice, and the competition, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the travel is uh, <laughs> its probably one of the worst aspects of the season. Um, so if, if these guys just have to focus on playing that, that changes everything, but, um, the day in the day out of different time zones, getting on a flight, traveling through the middle of the night, not sleeping well, that's all going to compound month after month and just increase the fatigue levels. Yeah. And that's where athlete management really, really does play a role. So as excited as we're, we are about maybe the increase in performance, we're also really really concerned or i am will for sure concerned about the potential uh for injury here as we get back into a competitive season um in a fairly regular time frame after missing a competitive season so hey have have you guys obviously you guys were probably concerned about that how did you guys handle that and what have you guys seen so far how have things been going yeah, so the biggest thing for us was getting players back in shape aerobically. Um, uh-huh. Guys were strong, um, but just the the endurance wasn't there. Um, and, and people may they look at it, the game of baseball and say there's really no endurance aspect to it. Um, there's no conditioning you need. But going through a, a three-hour game and running the bases, running in and out, uh, and pitching for sure – that heart rate needs to get up there um, so that you can be explosive time after time. And, and that definitely goes for practice during spring training. Um, So we had to do a lot of just getting raising the base of guys conditioning levels. Yeah. Cause that is tough to do on your own. And these guys are spread out all over, all over the world, all over North America uh, during COVID. Everybody was pretty much on their own. And depending which region you were, gyms were closed down. Training facilities were closed down. This was a really tough time for the athlete to stay ready. Wasn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was really tough. Um, and we just had to be super creative. Yeah. Um, so we had a lot of channels going on and a lot of communication back and forth sharing uh, how players were making weights at home, filling up buckets with cement, making their own weights, uh, making squat racks out of wood, you know, you name it. Um, and then with the guys in, in Latin America, um, it, it was telling them, go find a hill, do some hill sprints, uh, do whatever you can to get a stimulus in. Right. Uh, where there's a will, there is a way, that's for sure. And that's what needed to happen over this COVID time. And so, Will, as you guys head back into it now, you know, we're getting to the midpoint of the major league season. Uh, The minor league season is well, well underway as well, though you were delayed a little bit this year. Thank goodness for that little extra time. Um, But so far, uh, injury-wise, have things been sort of under control, manageable for you guys? This is something I've been really, really interested in. Yeah, yeah. You know, the injuries across the board for for baseball are are up this year. They're higher than they've ever been. Um, But... I think from our organization, we're actually doing pretty well. Um, the biggest thing is just monitoring workloads like you were talking about earlier, uh, making sure guys are getting adequate rest and, and making sure guys are on a progression, especially sprint progression, because if you're not running fast, those hamstrings are not going to be prepared to sprint in the game. Yeah, right. Right. No question. No question. And Will, on top of all the other stuff that we've been dealing with with covid there's been another massive change uh, to the baseball landscape, and that's the contraction of professional baseball's minor league systems to four teams only. So we lost, a number, I think, right around 42 teams collectively. That's over 1,000 players that would normally have signed and played playing pro. They're not there anymore. And so there's an upside probably for the players who are in the organizations getting a little more attention and having a little more opportunity. But the downside is potentially not having the, the reserve of players uh, there to support development, but also maybe potentially missing out those diamonds in the roughs. Uh, I'm still trying to get my head around the contraction and where it's going to land and how it's going to play out. Um, but I guess we're, we're watching and waiting to see how it, how it all rolls out. How different has it been for you guys, Will? 
Yeah, yeah. The contraction was tough. We did lose a lot of guys. Um, and normally there, there's one to two teams worth of players in reserve um, at the spring training complex year round that can filter up, up to, to single A and double A or wherever guys are needed. But this year, when guys go down, we just don't have the numbers to fill it up. Um, so either young kids are being brought up from the Dominican or guys are getting signed out of into ball leagues and are, are put into games, you know, within a week. Hey, well, the indie ball then, like, you know, I've been really watching this closely. There's a massive opportunity for the indie leagues here. Uh, the talent pool in the indie leagues has gone officially through the roof because all of these incredibly talented players who would normally sign pro are looking for places to play. So the independent leagues are one of the main options, especially as they sort of um, siphon their way into the college, the college uh, uh, performance pathway. The college pathway now, I think, is becoming more important than ever, Will, I think. Um, and, and there's, I think, a huge opportunity for the independent leagues, especially if they actually can develop players and continue to develop these elite players so they're, they're at a level where they can play pro. Does that kind of sound right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a new market, a uh, new opportunity for young players that was never there before. Um, you know, the indie ball used to be like guys that are trying to hang on or, or never got a real sniff of, of affiliated ball, but you could go out to an indie ball league now and, and perform well. And all of a sudden you've got a couple teams calling and seeing if you're available. Yeah, no, really exciting. And not only that will, um, you know, if you are on sort of the pathway to go to college, what a great way to get some more really elite games and master your craft a little bit to, to really sort of prop up that, that college uh, baseball that we'll, that we'll be seeing. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the competition levels are continuing to rise. Skills at younger ages are just going through the roof right now. Um, it, it's really cool to see. Uh, there's a lot of improvement on the skill development side, but also these kids are coming out of high school way more physically developed than, than they used to be. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that has a lot to do with the sports science side, finally catching up. We can only hope that it's done properly, right? Cause we're seeing a lot of crazy things going on in youth sport right now as well. So that's, I guess maybe where the collaboration comes in, right? The collaboration between the pro guys, the college guys, the developmental guys, because everybody has every, wherever you are in that hierarchy, whether you're a performance coach or a skills coach or a player, um, everybody has their role. They just have to really understand where they're at in sort of the, the pathway of a player, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You got to have that collaboration. Um, that's what everyone should be striving towards. Uh, each skill or each area of emphasis has its piece of the pie and you got to work together. Um, we got to rely on everyone else's expertise, uh, and, and it's all going to push the the envelope and, and make better athletes. Yeah, for sure. And uh, one other addition and a new sort of, um, uh, I guess, uh, event in the baseball calendar uh, is the uh, MLB draft combine. The very first uh, com uh, draft combine happening this year. You were there. I think this is a great event. I think it's a well long overdue, Will. Uh, I'm glad it's happening right now. Hey, how did it go? I mean, this is the top high school college players being invited in to showcase their skills and their physical abilities, much like the the NHL draft combine or the NBA or NFL combine. I think this is a great, great thing. And in, in, in being in the first year, you being there, how did it roll out? Yeah, it was a great event and it has been a long time coming. Um, so MLB invited the top 200 amateur prospects going into this year's draft. About 130 of those guys showed up um, and it was a week long of games, performance assessments, medical assessments, team interviews, um, blood work, eye testing, you name it, they did it. Uh, it was really cool to see. Um, and it was, it was a good opportunity to see all these kids in person and see how they moved um, and being able to compare that to our scouts notes. Yeah. Yeah. Only having 130 players. I mean, first year, maybe that's just sort of 
uh, the uncertainty of this whole thing. It's new on the schedule. Players probably had other things on their calendar as well. But I would think that if a player gets invited to an event like this, they would want to be there and just really, really showcase their skills. And 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 I think everybody's got to understand as well. Uh, organizations aren't looking for finished product at that level. All they're looking for is somebody who has passion, who's interested, and who might have the foundation to build on to hopefully one day aspire to Major League Baseball. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you could be a kid kind of in the middle of the pack, and you could show up to this event and perform well on some tests, and each team is going to get a result of all these tests that we do, all the jumps, the grip strength, what, um, whatever else we we're doing and each team can look at their own KPIs performance metrics and say, Hey, look at this kid right here. He profiles very well. Um, if we put him into our strength and conditioning system in two or three years, we could project him to be doing X, Y, or Z out on the field. I love it. I love that. That's fantastic. The other opportunity here is maybe a little more standardized testing here in baseball because it's one of those. It's one of those. It's one of the few sports. It might be the only pro sport. Well, basketball, NBA, and basketball is kind of the same. There's no real consensus on a testing protocol, right? The NHL has the entry draft testing protocol, and every organization pretty much follows or at least uses those tests. Maybe a few others. We know the NFL Combine has been written in stone for years and years and years. I'm kind of excited at maybe the potential of a collaboration between uh, all the teams and organizations and, and Baseball USA to maybe consolidate ideas and come together with sort of a standardized test for baseball players. Do you think that's something that might come out of this? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think that's definitely what we're working towards. Um, you know, every, every team has their own battery of tests and people are super secretive about it, but everybody's pretty much doing very similar things. Um, there's not too much out there in the research that nobody knows about. Um, so I think after this year, they, team USA and, and the guys that ran the combine are going to take a bunch of feedback and go back through and, and each year, this combine is just going to get better and better. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. What a great event on the baseball calendar for sure, Will. Well, listen, my man, I really appreciate your time today. Uh, as you guys head into the end of the first half, into the second half, which brings me to my final point of my three points of concern is, is Will managing these guys through that second half, going deep into September and October. That's going to be a true test of athlete management, isn't it? Oh, yeah, that that's really going to be the big test coming up. Uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on health and performance to make sure that we're monitoring workload, um, checking in with guys, making sure guys are properly hydrated, getting their rest, getting their sleep, um, and not overdoing their, their on-field work. Right. And that's where collaboration, that's where the, the big collaboration is going to come in, right? The, the catching coaches, pitching coaches, infielding coaches, outfielding coaches, all the technical tactical guys and the performance teams working together with the players to really balance things out to carry through this incredible season we're heading into. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to be all on the same page. You got to use everything, all your resources um, and, and put it together so that that puzzle fits and and you make it through the year healthy yeah fantastic stuff will hey listen man really appreciate your time today that was a great great discussion and even beyond baseball there are things in here for anybody everybody in sport to think about so so much appreciated will good luck uh heading into the second half here appreciate it jeff it was fun talking And there you go, everybody. Will Gilmore, the minor league strength and conditioning coordinator for the Cincinnati Reds. Fantastic discussion. Okay, a quick break here. When we come back, let's sum up this conversation with Will. Some really important things that I want to highlight out of this conversation. I want to get to uh, injury prevention as we head into the second half. And I'm also going to make my second half predictions. I think I'm pretty right on. Find out right after this on Crush Performance. If you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, write Crusher at CrushPerformance.com and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, back to the Crusher. Thanks. 
Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. There you go. Some of our favorite sounds from our good pals at Whale and the Wolf. What a great band. Their new single, Veins, oh my gosh. That might be one of my favorite songs of 2021. You can check the guys out at whaleandthewolf.com. And, you know, they're one of the, you know, performing arts guys, the bands and musicians out there who are so happy that this COVID madness is over. They're out spinning off shows left and right, and rightfully so. I can't wait to see these guys live again. You know, they're one group that I know for sure that wasn't sitting back, you know, waiting to see what this COVID thing was going to serve up for them. They attacked this COVID downtime, man. They came up with some great new songs and there's more to come. And I love these guys. So I want to thank them for letting us play their awesome music here on Crush Performance. Hey, listen, if you want to reach out to us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is our email. If you want to follow me on Twitter, do so. Crushperformance.com. Today, listen, we're talking uh, the Midsummer Classic. It's one of my favorite times of year. Major League Baseball All-Star Game has just wrapped up. And we just wrapped up a fantastic conversation with Will Gilmore, the minor league strength and conditioning coordinator for the Cincinnati Reds. Will did a lot of work for us over in Europe at our academies. Uh, He was instrumental in helping some of those programs really, really establish their player development program. So uh, I just want to thank Will and all the strength coaches who helped us out over there. Such a great initiative and powerful. So powerful. You guys, this is why I'm so passionate about this show and so passionate about getting everybody in every sport thinking about preparing their athletes for the game they're playing. Because we don't do we don't do a good enough job. Look, you know, talking to Will, some interesting conversation there. Look, 30% increase in soft tissue injuries across the league right now. Right. And that's that's a big number. Were we expecting this coming out of COVID, you know, a shortened season last year and then all the uncertainties of COVID through this offseason? The minor league players didn't even have a season last year, much like all of minor developmental sport around the world. Just incredibly crazy times. Listen, we've talked about this at length on the show, the aftermath of COVID. I think if we handle it properly, if we attack athleticism, if we attack the technical tactical part of your game, You could come out of this COVID downtime with an incredible spike in performance. And we're hoping maybe even a decrease in injuries. But again, on that side, there is no true way to prepare for competition other than competing. And uh, I don't know if you can make that up after missing all of this time. So is this injury rate that we're seeing in baseball right now the result of of COVID and the aftermath? Is this just part of the trend we've been seeing for the last five or six years? In virtually every single sport and every level of sport, with everything that we know and all the conversations that are going on, injury rates continue to rise at alarming, alarming rates. I mean, look at the NFL, look at the NBA, look at uh, elite professional soccer, you know, look at the NHL, and then look at collegiate and developmental sport. The trends are absolutely scary and unacceptable, um, but we got to have answers. We often say that in order to you know, solve a problem or fix a problem, you have to accurately define the problem. And I don't think we've done that yet. I really don't. There's a lot of variables here with the, with the baseball injuries. And one of them, of course, was the uh, whole controversy or the, I guess, episode revolving around the sticky stuff that the pitcher is using foreign substances to get better grip on the ball, better spin rates, better movement. It certainly helps with velocity as well. Now that that's been taken away, interesting to hear Will say some some pitchers, and we've had conversations with other people in baseball about this, some pitchers are stepping away from the game to relearn their pitches without whatever they were using. How about that? Could the removal of this sticky substance lead to more injuries or a drop in pitching performance? It's a story to watch in the second half because, listen, pitcher, the pitching has been pulling away from the offense for, for years now, year after year after year. Part of it's velocity. We know velocity rules, but we know, also know that velocity is directly correlated to injury. So somewhere in there, whoever figures out the happy medium between velocity and pitching performance to keep their players healthy, that is going to be maybe the most valuable thing in the sport of baseball right there. If you can figure out how to balance throwing velocity in your pitchers with performance, 
then you're going to do something special. Uh, we'll talk about that more next week because there's some numbers, some serious numbers I can throw at you for that for sure. Seven no-hitters in the first half, though. We're going to watch the second half with great interest in terms of that. So what are some of the great stories? Well, the All-Star game I thought was pretty good. Some some cool stories there. The American League wins 5-2. You know, that's their ninth straight win. And there's been 91 All-Star games all in all. And the AL's leading 46-43. to There's been two ties, believe it or not. But in terms of the All-Star game, it's a pretty tight race. The NL needs to catch up here with a few consecutive wins. We'll see how that goes. At the game and in the first half, a couple of standout performances. Shoei Otani. He had a great All-Star game, but he also had an incredible first half. He leads the league in home runs with 33. And he's 4-1 on the mound with a 3.45 ERA. Just so incredibly special in today's game. And what I don't understand is why it's so special. Honestly, what an opportunity for organizations and teams and for players coming up to really tap into. I don't know why this just doesn't happen more. I really don't. I I honestly don't. Good for him. I I think it's just so incredible. And I think he is going to spur on a trend. We need those two-way players. There should be way more of this. We've specialized so much in the game that it's almost maddening. One of the interesting stats coming out of the last full season, 2019, was the fact that there was more players who played multiple positions, multiple positions than any other season in the history of the game. So that's pretty cool. But I would honestly love to see uh, the pitchers hitting more, right? Why not? There's no reason. It's probably because if you go around youth baseball right now, pitchers don't hit. They absolutely don't hit. What an opportunity for a kid right now. What a huge opportunity. If you can pitch a little bit, if you can, awesome. But if you pitch, learn to freaking hit. Learn to hit and you just have to do it right. So anyway, I love it. He's a great story for baseball, for the game globally. He is a global entity and I love it. He's fun to watch, man. And um, the other big story for me in the first half was the Jays. You know, they're sort of like the baseball nomads right now. No home. They've been floating around from Tampa now to Buffalo, trying to get north of the border. Fingers crossed that their fan base in Toronto can actually see them live here in the second half. I mean, I, I, I just I can't imagine what that team's gone through. You know, right now they're eight games back. And that is just so commendable. Not having a true home field advantage. Uh, it's amazing what the Blue Jays are doing. And listen, how many? Four? Four? Five players at the All-Star game? This is a team to watch. I love the Blue Jays, of course. I was a big part of the organization for years and years. Uh, but I love that organization. I love what they're doing. And if you get a chance to go back and listen to our last conversation with Angus Monkford, who is their VP of, of Performance, we talked about their commitment to player development in that incredible facility in Dunedin, Florida, over $100 million. It is maybe the mecca of sport development. I don't think there's a more advanced, more complete facility in any sport. Uh, we're going to get down there and check it out as soon as we're able to travel for sure. So the Blue Jays were a great story, and I'm hoping they get home uh, in the second half here for their fans and also for their record. They are going to be a team to contend with. I love it. And then, of course, I just have to quickly mention here the Mets because they were our number one team to watch this last year. And they are, of course, uh, doing something really incredible. They have come a long way from where they were even last year. But if you look at their record over the last five or six years, just not great. And then, listen, new ownership, okay? New leadership at the top. And, of course, they had issues with their GM at the very end. They had to hire and then fire a GM. And now they've scrambled through that. And they are leading the NL East, probably the toughest division in all of baseball right now. Uh, They're up by three and a half games. So, I mean, they have done something special. And this is, for me, well beyond sport. This is organizational performance. And I can't wait to talk to the guys there. Uh, We're trying to organize an interview with the new ownership or Sandy Alderson, of course, who has sort of taken that leadership, that president GM role. Uh, Of course, he's got a new GM now. But Sandy Alderson is a great Great baseball man. And uh, of course, he is instrumental in making this all happen. But listen, it comes from the top. It comes from the top. Organizational performance comes from the top. You know, you've all heard of these 
corporate America takeovers. You've seen companies go, you know, in quotation marks, corporate America. What does that mean? Well, I just think it's an uncaring, cold environment where employees are just numbers and they're working for a paycheck. There's very little caring. I've seen companies go totally corporate and they lose that family feel. Here's an organization that's going in the other direction. A massive Mets fan buys the team and he has the financial wherewithal to back it up. No expense is too great. And it's not just about money, though. I am so fascinated by this in all of sport. They're my number one team to watch here probably for the next five years. uh, And they are going to be fun to watch. And I'm going to suggest if you're a player, if you're a parent coach, or if you are a business owner or manager, or, you know, listen, if you're an entrepreneur, this is going to be an organization to watch for so many reasons. And stay tuned because we're going to try to get inside and get a better understanding of what's going on right there. So many great storylines going into the second half. Oh my goodness. Such a great time. Hey, listen, we are out of time. So um, uh, let us know what you think. If you have predictions on the second half, if you have stories you're watching, or if you're a baseball player, I don't care if you're playing slow pitch or if you're coaching T-ball or Little League, or if you are playing men's rec league, or if you're playing the women's game. Women's baseball is coming on strong, and I love it. I've got three daughters here. They love baseball, and unfortunately, when they were growing up, they had to play with the boys as long as they could, and there wasn't girls baseball after that. But girls baseball is making a big charge, and I'm all for it. So, so good. Listen, if you have questions about performance or health, you guys got to write to us. Just write to us. We answer every single message we get. And honestly, if we don't have the answer, I can tell you something. We know somebody who does. There's so many great people out there that we have been lucky enough to connect to who are willing to share. So please do reach out. All right. That'll do it for today, everybody. Listen, I want to thank Noah Oleskins for the incredible new sound that we're going to be introducing on our new website, The Crush Music. A really, really cool stuff. Check out Noah's albums on Spotify. You can check it out. Really good stuff. I want to thank Whale and the Wolf for allowing us to play and roll out their incredible music. I want to thank Will Gilmore for joining us today, uh, Minor League Strength and Conditioning Coordinator for the Reds. And I want to thank you guys for tuning in and for writing in as well. We've actually got a lot of messages over the last few weeks, and I love it. So keep them coming. All right. Until next week, everybody, get out there, go have some fun, stay safe. But most of all, get a little better. And we'll talk to you next week right here on Crush Performance. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 